welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 47, Episode 5 of SNL with host Kieran Culkin and musical guest Ed Sheeran. I'm Catherine Coleman, and I'm joined this week by Steve Finn, as well as recently transplanted Chicago comedy writer and director Brian Alexander. You can connect with Brian at Brian, 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 Brian dot com. That's five Brian's. Don't put in four. And if you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at SNLpodcast.com. Enjoy these selected highlights from this week's discussion. And if you'd like to watch our full-length, ad-free, sketch-by-sketch review, you can find it exclusively at Patreon.com slash SNLpodcast. It's our supporters that make this show possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. Hello, everybody. This was a, an episode with a surprising number of cameos and great moments, shoulder lifts, revealing personal stories. There's so much to discuss here. But first, we got to introduce you to my pal, Brian. Brian, so glad you're here, everybody. I, I met Brian through a friend, and we ended up, we put up a sketch show together at the pit called Worlds Apart, and that was really fun. And then Later, Brian actually started directing the sketch team that I am now directing, but I was on it last season, and Brian was directing it, and we had a great time together, made some really cool stuff. He's super funny, he's super chill, and he's the Brian behind all the Brians, a podcast where Brian interviews other Brians. So, Brian, (laughs) welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for that uh, lovely introduction, Catherine. Of Um, Yeah, we've crossed paths many ways, but unfortunately, you know, you have me on your podcast. I cannot have you on all the Brian's unless you legally change your name to Brian. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. Or, or if you like just start like going by Brian and I can Mm -hmm. get that verified, I can still probably accept that. But right now, as it stands, sorry. That's okay. Um, (laughs) What if I know Brian's? Can I send you Brian's to interview? You can send me Brian's, but like I, I I'm pr- a pretty uh, lackadaisical uh, schedule on this podcast, so I generally just interview <laughs> people that I'm like, oh, that would be really interesting, and I also have like free time this week. Let's do it, and then uh, there's just a, there, there's just too many Brian's. <laughs> and what if I disguise myself as a Brian? Do you think I could fool your like Brian Brianometer? I would be curious to know how you would go about doing that, but. I accept the challenge. I feel like Brian (laughs) is more of an energy than a look, you know? It's a feeling. It's a vibe. Yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah, it's a concept. It's a you know, I don't want to get too deep and (laughs) we're just talking about tangents here. I don't want to go I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. (laughs) But yeah, if you if you want to know more, go to all the Brian's.com or you know especially if if you're a Brian. If you're not a Brian, it might be a little weird, but uh or at all the Brian's (laughs) pod on Twitter. That's where a lot, most of the action actually is on the Twitter. Because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a lazy podcaster. But, yeah. <laughs> All the Brian. I got a Brian for you. I'm going to talk to you after this show. Ooh. I think I got a good Brian. I'm intrigued. Do you take Brian's with Y? We do. And that's a whole thing. So, like, here's a tangent is that, like, you know, you, you can vote on the site whether, you know, why Brian should be part of the All the Brian's community. You know, you got three options there. Yes, no, and or Brian Cranston. And then those are your choices right now, I think. Uh, 
Yes is in the lead, I believe, but Brian Cranston is like in second. I don't know. I'm, I got I to check the latest tally. There's no <laughs> I, deadline I, on the vote either. So <laughs> <laughs> that's gripping well, stuff. You've, you've had a few why Brian's, but you always put a little asterisk there. Yeah, because like uh, right now, all the Brian's is like, uh, you know, trying to like bridge the gap because we're all phonetically Brian, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just when it comes to spelling that we're not the same Brian, right. but we're and all we're, Brian. We're divided we're on so many it. things. Can't we? Unite Before the written language, we were all Brian. The heart um, can't spell. <laughs> the heart can't spell. <laughs> all right. Well, if that hasn't convinced you that uh, Brian has a <laughs> unique personality and perspective on the world, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you. Uh, he's got a lot of sketch cred. He's written for like, he contributes to a lot of online sites. And then you did like the UCB program. You did some classes at Magnet, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like I've gone through the, I got started in sketch at UCB and we actually had like uh, one of the same instructors for my, my 301. I also had Madeline uh, Baldonzi. It was cool to hear her on a nice. yeah. couple episodes ago on the pod to get her, get her thoughts on things. She's great. Um, and then, yeah. So like I just, you know, I wrote for um, a some sketch teams at Pitt and Magnet. Um, and then this, yeah, this lit theater that we then handed off, like basically directing from last season to this season. Um, and now, yeah, I'm in Chicago, like uh, new to Chicago, focusing my energies on getting involved here with like uh, their funny people. And so if you have any Chicago listeners, um, yeah, that uh, I'm looking to find some local collaborators. So holler at your Brian, if you have like a sketch team or uh, like making funny videos. You know, for sure. Yeah, Brian's fun to work with. He's easy to work with, which is something I value a lot. Uh, oh man, I'm glad you're here, Brian. Welcome. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I'm I'm glad to be here. All right. Well, uh, y'all want to hop into it? I Let's think do we it. should do it. All right. The sketch that finally gets to the bottom of why Spectrum is impossible to cancel. And Brian, have you ever tried to cancel Spectrum? I have not tried to cancel Spectrum, but I've been on plenty of like customer support things, and I, yeah, it's, it's it, this is a all too real nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought this was an amazing sketch. This is one of my favorites of the night, um, and I think it's just like a, such a great like structure too to like you know to cycle through different characters because it's because it plays to the truth of like when you're on these things, it's like a lot of times like oh okay, I need a cancellation specialist. Okay, but well, let me get, you know, okay, we'll get you transferred to a technician because that's actually more specific to this. And then you just keep getting kicked around. And that's just a great structure for a sketch. You could keep getting kicked around on customer support. Um, and I thought it heightened just like very, very, very well. All the way up to Bowen. <laughs> oh my God. As Spectrum. Uh, that, that, and that was hilarious. But it, it, there was like a lot of points along the way that like I feel like it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger from like Mm -hmm. going to like the Domino's person to like Keenan in the house and like, (laughs) and all the jokes are just like really sharp and truthful in it to the, like even like just like Cecily's like VO of like, (laughs) like unplug the router and spit at it. (laughs) Yeah. That was my favorite part. Her little interludes. And yeah, it it was a, it was a very much a win for me. I love this sketch. Yeah, this one was super fun. Spectrum is actually the worst, so I'm I'm glad to see them lampooning Spectrum a little bit specifically. I mean, like you said, every cable company or subscription service is like this, but Spectrum is god awful. Uh so once this got going, I was very on board with it. Like every move was great. Cecily's interludes, like I said, were probably my favorite part. Uh transferring to Domino's, great heightening to Bowen's detached head. <laughs> Chef's guess perfect. Um, 
just so good. Very clear game once it got going. So my complaint there is it it took a minute to fully get going. Like Mikey's first bit was a little long, I think. So because so, there was a good moment where I thought this is the sketch. It's Mikey asking like what two personal of questions. Um, and then they started like cycling through people. So I just wish they would have like started that a little quicker. Um, and, but like, it's still a totally a win. Like it's very, very fun. Uh, I, I, I loved it. Uh, Steve, how'd you feel? You know, they keep making sketches about jobs I used to have and it's freaking me <laughs> out. <laughs> I worked for a company called Rogers. Well, I didn't work for them, but I worked in a call center that took Rogers calls. They were a client. And uh, yeah, this was right out of high school for me. So I, like, that's that's what I, how I entered the workforce is just making people uh, want to tear their hair out. And yeah, I got yelled <laughs> at a whole bunch. Well, while that, while this is a more humorous version of that, it's uh, it, it rings very true. So uh, I was happy to see that it was an ensemble sketch. When you have a cast of this size, it's probably a good idea to do these more often than not because. It's hard to get opportunities for everyone unless you're really, you know, jamming in a lot of characters to have little bit parts. And uh, I think it worked out well for a lot of newcomers. I would like to see uh, Aristotle a little bit in this episode, and this probably would have been a place to put him in. But, uh, you know, that happens for featured players sometimes. But whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole sketch was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed everybody in it. Yeah, one thing I wanted to touch on was how they produced this was really interesting and not at all like how I thought they would have. Because uh, they posted a little behind the scenes thing on their Instagram story, and I'll insert it in the video version. But basically, like they had they had a green screen set up and two little desks, like a little bit apart, and and then like a a tray basically that was each person's desk stuff, you know, because they all had different knickknacks, and so they would while like Cecily was doing the thing and the camera was on Kieran, they took like one tray off and then put on like Heidi's tray and then slid Heidi over and then Heidi went away and they took her tray off and like put the other tray on. Um, which I, I just would have assumed they set up a bunch of desks because like, why not? Um, yeah, it was very interesting to see that, how that that was going on behind the scenes while we had those little Cecily interludes, just chaotic mm. energy. All right. Well, let's move on. Peek inside the minds of men panicking in the bathroom with a cameo from tracy morgan obviously uh i'm gonna let y'all go first so brian was this a win for you <laughs> like they could have gotten a lot weirder with it like it was such like a relatable setup and then it's like a bunch of people keep coming in and kind of just like saying the same kind of thing and it's like the alex moffat beat where he's like i killed a man or whatever it was and i was like oh okay now we're getting going and then it just kind of ended. I mean, I like the Tracy Morgan ending, but it was like, okay, I thought that that Alex Moffat beat could have been like a like a middle beat, and then they could have kept going into some much weirder places than just like subtle observations in the men's room, which weren't like I don't know. It's it, it was it was okay. It was just not my. I just thought they could have just. I just saw the potential to go so much weirder with this. And then in the and then in the show notes, I, I saw that you that this was written by the please don't destroy people. So I was then kind of looking at it through that lens of like, well, Oh, this could have just been a please don't destroy video. Like they could have done all these like quick little cut to like inner monologue things. And like with, in their style, which is like, comes down to a lot of like impeccable timing and stuff. So 
I don't know. I I just I thought it was I thought it was okay, and just it could have just done, it could have been better. I don't know. <laughs> um. Well, I know Chris and Bowen pitched it, so that's probably why it wasn't just a please don't destroy video, even though they kind of uh, okay picked it up and wrote it. Um. Also, I don't. I, I if they had done that, I don't think I would like it nearly as much. Uh. I don't know because the performances from like Bowen and Chris really sold it for me. Uh. But Steve, <laughs> um, what's your bathroom etiquette like? How was this for you? I'm guilty of all the things they did, you know, from being of close proximity to my uh, urinating counterparts or, uh, you know, just (laughs) blurting out weird things that are not common expressions as if they are Uh, and everything in between. You know, it's a it's a really uh, good observational bit they got going here. And I like the dramatic stage play approach they took with the lighting the uh the cold blue uh lighting their faces from the side when they go into their monologues that was a great way of like uh kind of taking us out and and showing like how how much uh we feel on the inside and and don't show because i think we've all embarrassed ourselves in the bathroom enough and uh yeah i think i think we've all got a lot of good practice at hiding it and that's what i like (laughs) i like how like they found a way to like visualize the inner voice. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it could have gotten to weirder places. Like I feel like what Alex was doing could have been like uh, one step away from something even more ridiculous. I wonder uh, if there was something cut for time like that. Now I'm looking at these things through that lens of like, maybe there was like, just I more. think it dress Alex was the capper. Uh, so I something think there was fell like apart at the end. Yes. We all well, started jumping on top of each other like a <laughs> bunch of children. Yeah, that's because and, uh, the Tracy Morgan thing was added because he was only there to be in like a black succession sketch. And then I guess they threw him into the end of this and then <laughs> some some wires got crossed. And the YouTube version, they've cleaned up the end to where it, it cuts harder after he says his line. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. And they just don't go full b- bouncy castle? Right. Okay, that's probably a good call. Uh-huh. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, other than the uh, yeah, other than the awkward ending there, there was some fun to be had. Yeah, Catherine, I, what is it like watching that sketch where it's like they could have said a lot of just random observations and you wouldn't about men's etiquette in a men's room and you might not necessarily know. Like, what did how did you feel like watching this? Uh, well, thank you so much for asking. Um, I I mean I got it, uh, but I'm like I'm familiar with like the unspoken rules of the men's room. Like I've I've seen the jokes online. My husband's like told me about it before. Like, I know that like you're not supposed to take the urinal next to the other guy. Like, so like I'm, I'm sort of familiar with the lore here. (laughs) Um, and I think women in some ways do the same thing, um, to a much lesser thing because I think we're just generally like more okay with talking to people. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, like I got it. Like there was no, there wasn't, at least to my knowledge, there wasn't anything. That like went over my head where I was like, was that a joke? I don't get it, you know. Um, so yeah, I I loved it actually. <laughs> um, I thought it actually heightened pretty well. Like we had like going from talking about peeing to like the sinks not working, and then the conversations just get more awkward. And then I thought Alex's beat was just brilliant. Um, and I actually thought this struck a nice balance of like commenting on a real phenomenon. And being just elevated enough to be absurd without going too far. Um, like it still felt very grounded. And I actually was really kind of liking that about it that like 
the heightening wasn't crazy, but it was like it subtly was there. Like they were getting like more and more awkward, you know. Uh, and then Alex came in and said I'd murdered a man in 2012. Um, so I, I, I had a lot of fun. I, this was probably one of the biggest wins of the night for me. Yeah. So, so, um, two, two thirds of us agree that this was a big win. Brian's a little more middle of the road and we'll allow it. That's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to Goober the clown tells the story of her abortion. The day before her 23rd birthday. For obvious reasons, I'll talk about this one first. Um, I found this really moving and really smart. Um, as it started, I started to suspect, okay, she's speaking from experience here. Like I, I, I was suspecting like there's more to this character than just the clown. Uh, and then once Colin said, I don't remember exactly what it was, but something like, Cecily, are you okay? That's when it was like, okay, she's, she's genuinely, on live TV right now, national television, telling the story of her abortion and like being proud of it and saying like, I owe everything I have in my life to this. Um, and that's really poignant and really brave and really vulnerable and really, really scary. Um, and, but then to just craft it so expertly to take the intensity of that with Goober the clown is just such a smart move to like, just, it both masks the intensity of the subject matter and in in like the piece overall, but can also work as like a, a coping ma- mechanism for the character of Cecily Strong, right? Like she wants to talk about this issue that's really important to her life, but maybe like she throws this humor in to make it both easier for her and more palatable for the audience. Like I just thought this was so smart and made great points, especially just like, there's this section if you read it on on the page where she just lays like four or five truth bombs in a row with just no jokes and they're like okay so she's gonna do helium for that section to give it a little something right um just really 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 good stuff really important stuff that i think will probably go down in like the snl history books as much as you know that stuff can be said like um pretty classic in the sense of like oh wow like they, they said these things and and they they let Cecily you know do this and um yeah really strong stuff here Steve uh do you have any thoughts on Goober the Clown sure sure uh definitely provocative uh it certainly challenges anybody watching uh it 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 certainly at least for me it was a catalyst for introspection is like you know uh how comfortable I am I with this uh with this topic of conversation how much clown uh clown ship do i have to paint over it to uh to swallow it you know so that's uh that's a good angle to take and uh i think it successfully got some some funny bits out of something that you know uh i mean it's it shouldn't be something that's super depressing it's not necessarily something that should be seen as like a big tragic event and uh uh but yeah like uh you know, taking something that's usually spoken in a more serious tone and finding a way to merit its uh, uh, its presence on a on a comedy variety show. You know, it uh, it does all that. Uh, I feel like uh, the, the, some of the technical things that went wrong are unfortunate. Like, I just wish it went better technically, um, just so that those points landed better because the idea was so great but you know when the horn didn't honk or you know her tire stayed vertical the whole time 
it's it's a little complete, but to have a little bit more of the actual clown act land a little better, uh, as well as like the helium part did, uh, you know, that would have made it, uh, I guess, a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, a little bit cleaner. But mm-hmm. it's it's live television. It's not like it didn't go well. It went well. Like the the idea definitely uh, uh, came across there. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure Cecily's thinking, oh, I wish that horn had honked. You know, I wish. You know, those moments didn't fall flat uh, because the whole point of it was to be distracting and and say, look over here and not, don't look straight at what I'm telling mm-hmm. you about, because, you know, we're a, a bunch of, you know, uh, cowards who can't talk about this with, without a, a, a colorful clown lens. Yeah, they they did fix a couple of the things in the upload, like they adjusted Colin's audio to where they were pulling it more from like a boom mic. because. One of these days, they'll be like, hey, <laughs> when Cecily throws water at Colin, it messes up his lav mic, so we should have a backup yeah. more more prepared. <laughs> Very consistently in these things, it's like, guys, get get a boom ready to go, because it's going to be There's got to be a lav graveyard somewhere mm-hmm. in that <laughs> studio. But yeah, um, Brian, do uh, you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I thought it was just you know one of the only times in my life that I've... Uh admired a clown <laughs> and like just have, have you know normally clowns are kind of scary and or just if they're trying to be funny they're not funny but this was like just such a you know echo with some of what you all said is like just such a hard like the level of difficulty and like just pulling off this is like so hard to like just find the right tone and it is like it just it's it's illuminating in a way that's like other comedy on this show isn't illuminating in a way where it's like it's it's just impressive it, to me mm-hmm. is like, I was still able to find, there's still moments in there. I'm able to find, like I'm able to laugh, like, which is so hard to laugh at this stuff and not laughing at it, but it's just kind of like this exacerbated, like laughing at the state of like discourse in the country about certain topics. And then as a result of like, this was a result of a news, uh, a very sad piece of news. So it's just like, Oh, this was just super impressive. I was still able to laugh, which is insane that I'm still able to, that, uh, that she was able to find like be able to deliver like comedy in this type of a moment so it's mm-hmm. like wow <laughs> it's kind of it was kind of my takeaway i um i i i didn't i'm actually i didn't wasn't reading it as and i probably now i'm thinking i should have because i didn't quite necessarily go to the point where i thought this was uh, a personal narrative of hers or a personal something personal from her life so I was always I was watching it under the lens of this is just her like this is just her natural feelings about the situation um, and playing this character for the effect. But maybe if it's true, it's like even more to me is like wow, that's uh, that was a very uh, poignant moment on a on a comedy show. And like yeah, like and I read that she she mentioned this like in like a memoir maybe. So like it definitely is a thing. Yeah, she went. So that's like yeah, makes it even more worth a rewatch of and like the the horn malfunctioning stuff is like i actually didn't i, I didn't mind it so much because i thought like her ad-lib line of just like good horn <laughs> and it like messed up <laughs> and at least on the youtube upload it was like it was like really created yeah this fun human moment where she's saying honka honka instead and i, I like the, the, her handing her the balloons over and it's just like what are these like, ah, like worms <laughs> just like totally breaking the character and like <laughs> mm-hmm. Finding a way to like break a character that's just like uh, that works really well because <laughs> it's just yeah. her being honest and truthful. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, 
in ending weekend update on a on a very serious uh sort of heavy note but delivered in a way that didn't it didn't weigh down the rest of the show right um mm. uh very poignant stuff um very if you had it on mute you'd probably say wow what a wacky ending <laughs> <laughs> they look like they had lots of fun yeah if you want to see our full sketch by sketch review search for snl after party on patreon or subscribestar.com let's get into our overall thoughts first up is moment of the night brian what is it uh this was this was hard for me between two but i mean uh, I'm going to give it to Bowen's uh, spectrum at the end. I, I really enjoyed, like, and I was saying how, like, I just love the, how they even like use like the audio to set it up. Like mm-hmm. um, Mikey day, just like creating this like dramatic, like moment. And then it was like this reveal of Bowen and this like, yeah, another, like this like stand up, this embodied head and just like having all power. Like he's just this absurd um, heightened moment. I really paid off. I, I just, yeah, I love that moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it wasn't yeah. maybe one. I don't know if moments allowed to be like one beat, but it was like, yeah. I don't know that whole, the reveal, the beat, the lines he had, everything there at the end. I just loved. Yeah. That, that counts as a moment. That's good. And that, that was a very good moment. You know, I love They did a great job. Like those little lights on his head were a really good touch too. Yeah. Just shout out to, to Louie and the makeup department. Um, I was a little torn, you know, part of me wanted to say like, I don't know. I get, I'm really, I'm just kind of a sucker for these, nice moments like Dion coming on was like oh yay you know um but as far as like the best joke the best moment of the night for me it has to be Alex Moffat hitting the wall pausing for a minute and saying I killed a man in 2012 (laughs) that was just such a great heightening move right there at the end Alex delivered it perfectly um (laughs) that was just brilliant uh I got a big laugh so that's my moment. Steve, what's yours? There's there's so many moments. This is a, a, a moment-filled episode. <laughs> and I know you could say that, you know, all episodes are filled up with moments. But I mean, you know, like true noteworthy little things that could make the, uh, the moment of the night title. So it's hard to pick. You know, I could pick one of the great uh, uh, book criticisms from uh, Heidi's character in the cold open. Uh, you know, there was a lot of great little one-liners in, uh, Chris Red's, uh, Lamborghini theft sketch. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with no nut November, <laughs> uh, as you know, that as was mentioned in one of the, uh, pre-recorded, uh, hold recordings for the, uh, Spectrum sketch. Doing no nut November Spectrum's got you covered with the selection of sex and nudity free movies on demand. No nut November. But uh, yeah, it was like blinking, you miss it. Uh, he does repeat it, but like uh, just hearing that, uh, you know, it, it, obviously, you know, I spend too much time on Reddit to be this familiar with with terms like this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just just hearing it on television is is uh, yeah, it's 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 fun to get a good shock that you're not expecting. <laughs> I mean, that's where that's where humor comes from. Sure, fair enough. Let's talk about best sketch, Brian. What is it? Um, yes. Sketch of the night for me was, uh, I feel predictable because Catherine thought I was going to like the sketch, but yeah, I, I, it was the jockey for me. I just know um, well. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was the jockey. Yeah. I'm, uh, that's probably the only one. I, I mean, not the only one, but like the only one I may like 
ask a friend if they've seen it or like reference it in the future and be like, oh, let me pull up the jockey. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a, just a very absurd sense of humor. So that one was for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I liked it too. Uh, I'm going to give it to the men's room. Uh, and I know you maybe didn't like it as much, but I thought it was, for me, it was between Spectrum and the men's room and the men's room. Uh, I think just has a lot more rewatch value to me. Um, and I don't know, a little more going for it. Just, I don't know, delightfully silly uh, with excellent performances in it. Like everybody, everybody did such a good job. Um, and Tracy Morgan was just random as hell, but <laughs> I don't know. I'll roll with it. Uh, so yeah, men's room it is. Steve, what is it for you? I think it's a spectrum sketch. There's a, there's definitely some other ones giving it a run for its money, but I think I, you know, for all of the elements that made up that sketch and how much I loved each of those elements, I think I got to give it to spectrum because whether it was uh, all the great characters we saw, or like I was talking about those recorded hold uh, messages between them, you know, if you don't understand your bill, maybe ask your husband, uh, <laughs> Uh, a lot of really good stuff there that is just uh, kind of off the wall bizarre in contrast with some more recognizable ob- observational elements. Uh, yeah, everything was 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 uh, enjoyable here from writing to performance to uh, just an idea that will resonate with so many people. We're all kind of trapped in these situations. It seems to be universal. Fair enough. Next category is MVP. Who is it going to, Brian? Oh, I feel like similarly to I think Steve felt about moment of the night where this was just this to me was just so hard. Is like there was such an evenly pasted show, like like just full like ensemble show that was like in a good way. I think to me it illustrated just like how hard it must be for some of these new people to get on the show or the people who just anybody to get screen time on this show. Like I was like, where's Aristotle? I was like, I want to see more of him after the like. Uh, Say say for me again. Say for say again. And <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I I think you could just like flip a coin between like Heidi, Chris Red, Ego, uh, Cecily, Bowen, Keenan. If I had to flip a coin, and I maybe it would just land on Cecily for me because she, you know, I don't know. That's she had some really good moments. Uh, <laughs> more than in more than one sketch. Uh, I love Judge her Judge Janine. Her reaction to Trump I thought was pretty funny. The <laughs> like what a horny surprise and she's like freaking out <laughs> and then all of her spectrum vo lines like steve is saying you're all just solid and then the, the sheer difficulty and then comedy of the clown <laughs> was so i think i have to give it to her but i i think it's very uh, hard to choose in this show for this episode yeah i'm super torn between chris and cecily chris had some really standout moments you know he was fabulous in the heist he was great in the men's room and he popped up in a couple other places too um cecily obviously like you said janine Pirro, great her interludes in the spectrum were my favorite part of it obviously that amazing weekend update feature um i'm really torn uh what it comes down to honestly is i gave it to chris the last episode Cecily it is <laughs> they both had just really really great nights and uh but Ce- Cecily definitely you know takes a step further with uh, a weekend update feature that is so uh I'm gonna say iconic uh so 
<laughs> yep. Cecily Strong, MVP. Steve, who are you giving it to? I'm going to go with Cecily with this one. I think she's... Unanimous MVP. Uh, yes. Let's make it unanim- Let's make it unanimous. She's been all over this episode. She did a lot of heavy lifting, you know, leading the cold open and uh, having to sew that all together. Plus uh, dealing with some sensitive personal material in Weekend Update. Uh, it might be easy to say if someone like James Austin Johnson should get it for like debuting their Trump. But, you know, when I went, did a little bit of homework to see what these new people were all about, that's one of the first things I saw. So it's not like I'm surprised to see how good of a Trump is. I, I already know what it is and it's great. Uh, but yeah, I guess I took the surprise element out of it for myself by doing that. Uh, that research when he got hired. Um, and, you know, Cecily is obviously we've seen Judge Piero before, but uh, yeah, I'd say the majority of the reason I'm giving it to her is for the clown, uh, the clown bit on weekend update. All right. That that's a rare one. We, we often have like a unanimous best sketch or rating, but uh, MVP is a, it's a more rare to get a unanimous on. So Good job, Cecily, if you're listening. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into the big one, though. On a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck, Brian, how would you rate this episode? Uh, I would, I mean, I would probably get decent plus. Is that allowed? (laughs) Or great minus. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. Somewhere around there, I'd say it was good. It was, it was. I was worried that I would come on this podcast and, you know, worst case scenario, Karen would be like a note, like be a train wreck, and then we'd just have to talk about a bunch of things that weren't fun or something. So I was like, very, I was came out of the episode just like, oh, that was fun. There was fun moments. There were definitely some moments where I was like, oh, what, that oh, it could have been so much better. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it had some really fun sketches. I'll definitely come back to watch the jockey and the Spectrum one, and you know. There's plenty of fun moments in the other ones too. Dion Warwick one that's going to go down as the you know the culmination of a trilogy potentially, right. or at least a significant moment in right. an ongoing thing. Um, but yeah, it's a solid episode. Yeah, I actually i i this was a really good episode for me. In the first the first half in particular, I was like, could this be a classic? Yeah. Um, like it was just going really strong. Uh, one thing holding me back even in the first half was like. I don't know if Kieran Culkin is a known enough host to be for it to be a classic, and almost no matter who how good the show is. Um, but if we, like if we look at the first half of the show and we take away the connotation of the word classic and just say like five out of five, it's there. Um, but then the back half of the show, I just was not as warm on. So I'm gonna ultimately land great, but this was a uh, very very highly ranked for me. I thought this had some really really solid stuff in it. Uh, Kieran did a great job and just some, just some great writing, great premises on the show as a whole. Tonight. Uh, Steve, what's your writing? Those, uh, yeah, just, just dancing with the word, uh, classic. It, there, there is an argument to be made. I don't know if I'll be going that route, but you know, for a classic episode, there's a couple of things that I think should be involved there. Like, you know, there should be some kind of, uh, tie into the history of the show. Uh, like we saw in the uh, in the monologue, you know, uh, talking about Kevin Nealon uh, lifted it up, up when, and when they do um, self-referential stuff like that, 
and kind of uh, reference other eras of the show. It, it, it feels good to be a fan in those moments, I think. And, and the fact that, you know, this is 30 years coming and, and uh, we may look back on this as, Oh, it's the first time James Austin Johnson did uh, uh, Trump on our, sh- on the show. That's true. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that may uh, end up being big moments historically. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it a great, just cause I spent most of the time expecting to say that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as I, as we recorded, so I think I think it, yeah, I, I'm going to land there because the sketches were pretty amazing. I thought this was a bit of a uh, upgrade from the last few episodes. So just by contrast and how I've been feeling watching the show, uh, yeah, we're we're uh, we're hitting great. the The great meter is is definitely uh, where we're headed. So. Uh, we got what one decent plus if we're going to call well, it. That. I feel like I, I feel great like minus. after hearing you guys, I should uh, maybe I can uh, you know I'll put it solidly in the great category because uh, you guys maybe watch you know more of the the se- I didn't watch all of last season. I don't know, but I've seen mo- I've seen I think I've seen all of this season. But yeah, I, I feel convinced now. This was a great episode. If that plus <laughs> no on your decent is what I'm saying. No, <laughs> well, if that plus was like a point five or up, you know, we we do we can tend round to it round. Up. We tend to round here. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, we'll take it. A unanimous, great, uh, good first-time host came out a little nervous to, on the start, but ultimately performed super well. Uh, lots of absurd stuff up top. You know, lots of fun stuff going on here. Uh, I'm I'm glad we all liked it. And Brian, thank you so much for being here. This was super fun. Thanks for having me. This was uh, yeah, yeah, this was a great time. I. It's fun to unload my succession thoughts and my, you know, Green Bay Packer thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I only dropped two F-bombs, I'll have you know, and they were in yeah, that was the good. cold open. <laughs> Reserved for the two public figures that deserve them. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, what do you have going you. on coming up? You got anything you, you want to you plug or... I would just say that, like, you know, I'm 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 new to Chicago, so I'm like I don't want to reiterate that, like, yeah, if you are if you're a Chicago listener, just yeah, if you uh, want to make funny stuff, holler at holler at your Brian, and uh, you know, we can get in touch because uh, I'm yeah figuring out you know whatever's going on with the pandemic now. I'm going to be figuring out uh, how to get more involved in the local scene here. So okay. yeah, yeah, and awesome. you can find Brian at Brian 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 dot com. Again, yes, don't do go not to four Brian's. <laughs> But, but seriously, it was not at school anyway. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to Brian Alexander and Steve Finn. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Grace Kogan, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back in one week when SNL returns with host Jonathan Majors and musical guest, my girl, Taylor Swift. But until then, this has been episode number 146 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.